This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kelly, and today on Diversified Game, I might as well be talking to my neighbor. And, you know, I don't want to impact and infect, impact. Pack or infect anybody, but I have Stephen T. Smith, the high fashion priest. He's going to give us some game on fashion. You know, this is Diversified Game, where we want to show people, inspire them by showing them how entrepreneurs start, sustain, and succeed in their business. So, Sir Stephen, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm well, Kellen. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. And, and please, you know, let us know... Um, you know, your outfits, but you don't just do fashion. You're also a singer, an actor, a radio host. You, you know, you do events. You're very creative. How did all this get started? It got started because I got tired of doing something that I didn't love, which was working a job and working for people and not showcasing my talents. Um, I believe in the power of prayer to God. Um, you know, when you're getting tired, you, you try to figure and find a way out. And when you don't have a way, I prayed and I asked God to show me my talents, my skills, gifts and abilities. And I asked him to activate them. And the first ever job like I had with a photo shoot, it was for free. So you ask, but you don't know how it's going to come. And when that came, it's like a light came on. And then I started praying more and more because I enjoyed it. Like I said, you got to do what you love. If not, you're a slave to that job. You're a slave to whatever you do. Um, I've actually done, uh, put, put together shows. I went to Morris Brown. My roommates went to Morris House. And they asked me to help to put, a, get, put together a show for the um, Spellman Girls. And that turned the light on in Atlanta. Then I started doing events in Atlanta. Then I came home. I wanted to continue to do events and everything else with the fashion and so on and so forth. So prayer, it, prayer works, and it is a key to opening many doors. And when you realize that God is the reason why this has, this has happened, you keep him first and watch more doors open for you. No, that, that's real. And, 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 you know, with that, that prayer, then did you have to go back in the prayer closet after, you know, you got what you wanted, but say, please, I need to make a living off this. So yeah. I don't yes. do it. I want to make a living. Yes. Okay. And and you went to, you know, you were part of the AU circle, which uh, my wife yes. was Grambling. And I always tell people, if I didn't go to Grambling, um, if I had the grades and the finances, I would have went to, you know, the AU circle because it's such a beautiful experience. It sure is. Oh, my gosh. That was like the best years of my 20s ever to experience going to a black college, being around a bunch of black young, young men and women that were going out to change this world. And a lot of them are still doing really, really well. I just love the whole experience. I advise any of my black brothers and sisters to go to an HBCU because you'll appreciate the culture, you'll appreciate the love, you'll just appreciate seeing our people in a positive light from the teachers to the faculty, the staff, the maintenance, even the housekeeping, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's a love. And being at the AUC, 
the beauty was we had we were able to go from one campus to another if we needed courses in order to stay on track to graduate. And then you get to vibe with everyone. Everyone wore their colors with pride. And we, though we had competitions through the athletics and the debates and whatnot, it still was pride there the whole time. Okay. Now, how do you, you know, find your, you know, your materials? Even like when I think about your glasses, I, I'm a fan of glasses because I need glasses to be able to yes, see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just want to know, you know, I pick stuff up here and there, just wherever I can find it. I mean, these were really bought at a, uh, 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 what is it, like a, a not a swap meet, but a Buffalo Exchange, a consignment type shop. And then okay. I get my prescription, you know, and I'm ready to rock and I can see and I'm all legal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your glasses and your, your stuff. Well, I want to tell you what my motto is so people will get the gist of who the high fashion priest is. Again, God gave me that name. And I said, well, what does that mean? And it just came. He says, I can style you from Goodwill to Gucci, hmm. from a rummage sale to Rodeo Drive, from Walmart to Worth Avenue. Understand why those words come, because I can go in a place like Rodeo or Worth Avenue and go and pick up something from Gucci, Yves Saint Laurent, Prada, Acris, or whatever. And then I can also go to a thrift store and I can mix and match my looks and people would never know any the wiser because I have purchased stuff from all those names that I have named and made it look like something. This whole look alone may have cost me $75 mm. at most. But when I find glasses like these, like I go to the swap meets, I go to the thrift stores, I go to the flea markets, I'll go purchase something out of a mall or someone may give me something because I, you, you have to have that eye to make it look like something. It's not about the label. It's about how you wear it. I always tell my clients, don't let your clothes wear you. You wear your clothes. So when you're shopping, you have to have that eye. You have to go against the grain. You have to go against what everybody else is wearing and what everybody else is doing. Because then you'll be a cookie cutter person following labels, designers, and people that create looks online. That's the beauty of becoming a, as I call it, an image architect. A fashion engineer is what I am when it comes to pulling looks together. So I can find you stuff on a dime or in the tens of thousands. It depends on your budget, but I'm gonna make it work for you. No, that, that's great. And I mean, again, you have so many titles so when people see you and they want something, you know, unique, do you also uh, sew as well? I haven't started creating my own design yet. I do have a shoe out, but I will get with designers that I know personally to create looks or if I have a vision or if they have a vision for them, then I will get with them, but not yet. It's coming soon, though. Okay, okay, I, I, I believe it, I, I believe it. I, I was trying to see, you know, this guy can do it all. He can do, those, <laughs> he can do this, he can do that. Um, I, I, my mom sewed, so I, my, my daughters, they keep the sewing machines um, going, and they're little, <laughs> but they gotta know how to, you know, do a little something, because that's a- Of course, a, yes. Yeah. Now, how do you deal with, you know, for that person listening right now and said, I feel like I'm an image consultant, and I even watch image consultants on YouTube, and there's a plethora of them out there. 
um, how do you go and get your first client and charge them? Because some people will hear those big names and say, oh, I can never afford him. I can't, you know, but then you say Goodwill to Gucci and like, oh, but I might be able to afford Goodwill. So how did you go around and find where you could make a living in, 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 in the pricing for that? Um, the best way is I come to you and ask you, well, what is your budget? And I work with your budget. And when you tell me, okay, I need three looks, I'm going out of town, you have to give me a budget that's going to make sense. You know what I'm saying? Because you're telling me three looks, I'm going out of town. $500 is not going to cut it. Now, you're saying I just need one look? Okay, I can work with that based on your look. And then I'm still going to charge my prices of me serving you and shopping for you because it's a lot. Because your looks may not come from one store unless you have that limitless budget that I can run into Saks or Gucci or whatnot. But I, my best advice to any image consultant, be you. Do not cut your prices for anybody. If you know that you are at a level where you can charge a client $200 an hour to go shop for them or a, a set price or a flat rate, do not renege. Do not back down on your prices because it's a lot of work. The time, the gas, the energy, the looking, the fitting, the different places you may have to go to find these looks. So when you drop a price, don't ever pull back. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. Those clothing, the things that you purchase, they're not giving you a discount. They're not cutting their prices. They don't know what you're doing. So don't feel like you have to cut your price because you're just starting out. Showcase your talents and work. Even if you have to start with a family member, start with a friend, start with yourself. That's what I did. I started dressing myself and people noticed that. And when people see it, that you have what it takes and confidence, because if you don't have confidence in yourself, then you're going to shrink. You're going to say, oh, well, instead of me charging you $400, I'm just going to charge you $150 because you're thinking, I need this money. Of course you need that money. But you also need to build your clientele because guess what? That client is going to recommend somebody else to you and you're going to feel like, or they're going to tell them, oh, he was very affordable. He was cheap. He was this. Don't be cheap. Don't cheapen yourself. If your price is what it is, you stick to it. And if they don't want to accept it, you move on because you got to know that I am worth this and more. So when I shop for a client, this is what my rate is. This is my deposit. You're covering this. You're covering the gas. You're covering the food. You're covering this. And if you come with me, it costs more because now I have to not deal with you. You have to be with you have to be with me now. And that cuts kind of cuts the time versus if I'm bringing it to you, I'm fitting you in your personal private space. Mm -hmm. And then we're going from there. Some clients may want to take that package of, I just, I want to go with you. Know who you are. Learn your clients. Know everything about them. Know about the fabrics, the fittings, the colors, the seasons. Know everything that you're doing and know how to build a, a reputation with these stores. Because when you go in, they're going to know, oh, that's Ivan. Ivan, he's a celebrity stylist or he's up and running. You not have to build yourself from the ground up. You have to have faith. You have to have a relationship with God, for real, for real, in order for you to get the favor that you need. Because if you don't, they will run you over. This industry has tons and tons and tons of image stylists and so on and so forth. Look at, for example, um, 
Law Roach. Law um, Styles, what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name right now. Zendaya, Zendaya, however you say her name. But he built from nothing. And he believed in himself. You have to even write vision boards. You have to have faith. Read your Bible. Get before the Lord. and He'll show you what his real plans are you for you in this industry. You can't play with it. And when you get in there, look past all the jealousy and the hate. Because what's written over your life is going to happen if you have faith and you believe in yourself. And you always know that you have to stand on your ground and stand on what it is that you're charging and don't even think about, oh, well, they want to get a discount. Now, I can understand if you work with a client for a while and they may want one, that's fine. But when you start building your base and you start gaining clients that have platinum cards and black cards and limitless and say, oh, I don't have a budget, you take full advantage of that. But don't be cocky. Don't be arrogant or any of that because they will notice it because you're on their dime. They're not on yours. Oh, that's awesome. We love talking about the money and how people put it together, especially for, you know, consultants, because it's yeah. a dance and, yeah. and a science, I tell people, and, and it has to work for both parties. Uh, and, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, because as consultants, no matter what you're consulting in, people say, oh, that's expensive. And, and I agree with you. Don't go down on your price, but there are services that you can offer that are in a different realm. And, and I, I love that. How do you deal with your, I would say difficult, you know, difficult clients. Clients have all the money, they, you know, assume to know everything, but they still need your help. How do you go in there and then critique and say, I wouldn't wear that, or that doesn't, to me, look good on you? How do you okay. You just pretty much piggyback off of what I was going to say before you asked me this question. Look at me, y'all. Be honest. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not honest with your client, they may never hire you again, nor recommend you. Be honest with them. Even if you do a closet check, because I do closet checks, and you go through someone's closet, you may have three piles, trash, possible, and classic. You have to tell them the truth because some people just don't know how to style themselves or they don't know how to put the looks together that they have in their closets. Be honest with those people. I have been brutally honest from, from telling them the right colors, the right fits, um, telling them health-wise, you wanna look like this in these garments, you're going to have to work out. You're going to have to pull yourself together. You're going to have to lose weight. You can be honest with them. If they get upset, oh, well, because guess what? Their friends are going to talk about them when they wear this $10,000 look and it looks a mess. They're going to talk about them. And if you're putting something on them and you are not honest with them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go off on you and say, why did you tell me? I look a mess. My girlfriend's talking about me and told me, why do you have that color on this, this, and that? And if you put that together, they're going to come back to you. Be honest with them. Because I'm always honest with them. And one thing I will tell you, dress your clients from the inside out. Sit with them. Talk with them. A little counseling session or consultation. 
because you're going to go over the colors, the fits, the whatever, whatever. But then you got to ask them why the change or what, why the new, what, what's going on that you want this new change, new this, new that. And they will open up to you like they sit in those barber's chairs and those beauty, beautician's chairs. They're going to tell you why they are and who they are. And they'll appreciate you more. And trust me, they'll pay you well and tip you well and recommend you. Awesome, awesome. Do you think there's a certain, um, you know, is there a certain degree, training, um, skill set, personality, any of those that somebody who wants to be an image engineer needs to have? Because some will dress, you know, and be top notch. And then some might wear the same thing like Steve Jobs every day. And so mm -hmm. do you see any common, you know, okay, we all kind of have this. Right. Um, to answer your question, you're speaking about clients or the image consultant? The, the, the consultant, because I want to put some, somebody out there maybe listening and saying, I want to do this, but, you know, people have told me maybe I'm too fat. Which I've seen fat image consultants, you know, or I'm too this. Like, does the image consultant themselves have anything that you've seen that, like, you need to have this to be an image consultant? Hmm. Well, I'm a big guy. I'm 6'1", 240 pounds. But I carry myself, I carry my weight, and I carry my look with confidence. If any of you feel like you are inferior to your weight, whether you are skinny, whether you are big, whether you are overweight, whether you are obese, whether you have some form of deformity, look past that. I'm going to keep it real with you. My feet are flat. I have not knees. That means my knees kind of go together, but I do a fake stand. And I'm a big guy. You don't, that right there, you're going to have to build self-confidence within yourself because at the end of the day, the client is not looking at that. So get that stuff out of your mind of what people have told you. You know there's something brewing and growing in you that you have an eye for creativity. You need to run with that. You need to go with that. Believe in yourself. Because if you don't, you're going to waste your time and your client's time. Hold your head up. And remember, this is something that I was gifted with. God gave this to me. I didn't go to school for this. It's a natural gift. My mom was the one that was very stylish and creative. And I would watch her. And she would watch me and let me create my pull my own clothes for school when I was growing up. But for all of you guys out there that desire this as a career, if you feel like you need to go to school to perfect your craft, go ahead. I didn't go to school. I was born with this. And I just, I mastered and I sharpened my skills. Yeah, you want to learn about the cuts, the fittings, the stylings, the seasonal clothing. You want to learn about all that. You want to learn about designers because your clients may have favorite designers. Learn about those designers. Learn about their styles, how they make things. Learn about what it is that you're going to do to make a client look the way you want to look. Because when I put clothing on clients, I get visions. I see things before I put things on them. So you have to follow that instinct within you. Some people say that gut feeling or something came upon me, that's the God we serve. That's the Holy Spirit. We're not getting around that. But you have to go with that because fashion is not just a designer label. It's about style. 
It's about how you make something work on someone. It's about how you create something on yourself or a client, and they'll say, I never would have put that look, those colors, those pieces together. You make it work because you see what you see for them and for yourself. So get past the look of yourself and go on with other things. And for those that are out there, I'm going to throw through a few names out there. If you guys look up Andre Leon Talley, Andre Leon Talley is the assistant editor to Vogue magazine with Anna Wintour. He came from South Carolina. He was poor, but he knew something was great in him. So he went to New York and he made a name for himself. He's not a model. He's not a designer. This man critiques fashion. He sits on the front rows in New York Fashion Weeks, Paris Fashion Weeks, London, Istanbul because of his critiques. He's a black man. He's overweight. He wears moo-moos because he's that big but nothing stops him because he knows who he is. Know who you are and go get your blessings. Stop letting people keep you down to nothing on first level when you should be in different realms and dimensions in your fashion line. Google your black men and black women. I don't know what other races are on here that if you feel like you can't do it, then go on there and look up people. Look at Naomi Campbell. She's a staple in fashion. She still looks in her 20s. She shuts runways down. And she's still out there making a name for herself, even outside of that, by using her fame and fortune to help people, help children, and build organizations. She uses her names. Look at Tyson Beckford, my Jamaican brother. He came on the, on the scene in the 90s, and he became the face for Polo, Ralph Lauren. He is black as dark chocolate, and they loved him. Look at all these different designers that are out there. Koto Marmalu, who was in the, uh, I think, second or third runner-up on Project One Runway. Michael Knight. Um, even going back as far as, uh, what is his name? His last name is Smith. Willie Smith, I believe, he came out in the 70s and 80s. We have Beverly Johnson, who was one of the top models from back in the day. We have Iman, who came. We have Alec Wet. Do not sit there and think you say you can't make it. And as a matter of fact, you know what happened? Alec Wet was discovered by a white photographer in her native country in Africa with her tribe and the man looked and said she's the face the next face for modeling she's beautiful she's dark she's bald headed don't ever say you cannot make it Amen. when you have people that believes in you you go forth and you run with those people hey, amen and that you guys I gave a lot of um, things and titles that Stephen does, but he's also the founder of West Palm Beach Fashion Week. Can you talk about how that came about and when is that, especially with this whole COVID thing? I mean, God bless the next events. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. So um, at first it was called West Palm Beach Fashion Week and how it came about again, God spoke to me. And I, let me explain something to y'all. For those that are, might be going through something right now, because I know with the COVID, with jobs and whatnot. When, that, when I heard his voice say, you're going to create a fashion week in West Palm Beach, which we did not have, I had to ask him, you want me to do what? He says, you're going to create a fashion week. Because of my faith and because of what I've been through, I believed him. 
I had no money. I was staying in a rooming house. My car was under repossession. I was barely making it with gas. I was on food stamps. You, I was working odd jobs and all of that. And he says, do a fashion week. I got up and said, okay. I didn't know how it was going to happen, how it was going to come about. I didn't have anything but my faith in him. And one friend that said, I believe in you. Get you that friend that believes in you. That's going to keep positivity in your ear. That's going to pray for you. And it's going to help you bring your vision to life. Get that one true friend or friends that God has ordained to come into your life. So we got together. I prayed. I asked him for the name. I asked him for, you know, the description and all of that. I asked him where, no, because one thing I learned, where do you want this done? Because remember, I had nothing. Where do you want this done? How are we going to get these designers? How are we going to get these models? Everything. I listened and I followed him foot for foot, step for step. And once we created everything, on February the 14th, the day the Palm Beach outlet opened, I heard him say, put it online. I had people hitting me up from all over because that was his will. And it's like people I was already connected with in one way or another started bringing the designers. We started getting model calls. I learned how to do a lot of different things with producing and directing shows and putting shows together by watching other people. And the next thing I know, it turned into a three-day show. I didn't have boutiques. I'm not knocking boutiques. I had high designers. I had a designer called Andre Sariano from, he was on Rihanna Style to Rock. He was the closer for the third night. He was the highlighted designer. I had designers from places like Jamaica, from the Bahamas. I had designers from Turkey, other countries, India. They were shipping their clothing because I had the faith. It was on the list, a show that's globally known. God blessed me with that for free. All of this stuff just started falling in place. Vendors were coming. Everything was coming. I had two major um, sponsors, but something happened where they, they, they dropped out. But it did not stop me from believing. And then when I asked God, where do you want it? He had told me the convention center. I had nothing but my faith. And the show became successful. I did it for three years. I stopped because things started happening in my life personally. But I am going to go back to it. But I'm also doing some other things in fashion that will soon be released. Wow. Wow. I, I, I love it. Because until somebody goes through it and see how you can get a convention center yeah. and you don't even know where the money's going to come from. And it's the same story that you said, that Tyler Perry says, that yeah. you know, so many, you're like, I don't know how it came about, but I was just doing the work and somehow yeah. it comes about. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and, and it is all a God thing. I, I tell people and the folks who don't believe, I say, you don't believe in that, but you believe in a comet or whatever you believe in. <laughs> universe. You know, but yeah, the universe. And, and you know what? We know there is a universe and God made it. So you can yeah. easily say God, you know, and put all that together. And it doesn't have to come with all the religious stuff. Because half that exactly. No, nowhere to be found except, no. you know, in, in, in the, the scriptures. And I, I keep an Ethiopian Bible, whatnot, and have been to Ethiopia oh. and see why they don't want us to know certain things, right? Mm. Um, and that's why we have conversations like this, because what you're talking about 
should be taught in school because they don't teach you that faith in school either. I guess they no, can't. They don't. Nope. You know, but there's Nobody, a showing someone tell your story. Like you should be in a school, especially in this South Florida realm, telling it to everybody like this can't happen to you, but you got to do the work. And I hope teachers and administration, I've only been here two months, but we are, okay. yeah, we are impacting as much as we can. And we'll be in that fight with you. If you say, you know what, I do want to go teach and I know who to talk to because there's money even I, in that. Exactly. I will have to talk to you after this uh, live here about that. We definitely going to talk after. It's something on my mind. I can't even tell you on camera because I don't want to give up all the game. Uh, you know, yeah. no. Yeah. But we. <laughs> yeah. But tell people too. You also have a another creative side where you like to sing and you know um, and act and talk about how you got into that and some of the things you've done. Okay. Yes, with the singing and acting. When I was little, my mother noticed that I was I loved to dance, sing. She would help me. She would tell me to sing to artists on the radio. She listened to gospel only at that time when I was born. And I would imitate them, the sounds, the riffs, the runs, the everything, to the point that I was, I was literally imitating. So I understand when people can imitate someone's voice or imitate someone how they sing. We see that all the time on YouTube and on social media. So growing up, that's what I would do, sing. And she would put me in different plays in school. If there was a, if there was a play, oh, I was in it. If there was a play at church, Oh, I had no choice because because I believe my mother was gifted in that manner, but she didn't go that far because, you know, she had to raise family and, you know, being married, just a lot changed. And she was very educated. So growing up, I continued to be in like different little events, little shows and so on and so forth. When I really started taking it serious was when I started, I joined a new church in Riviera Beach and I joined the choir and I was perfecting my craft through which an amazing guy by the name of Aaron, Aaron Snipes, he taught me how to really showcase my talent. Then they started doing plays at the church, and I always had a lead role, where once I played Satan on, uh, it was called Azusa Street, so I had to play him. Then I played a rapist, unfortunately, but, and then I started playing other roles. I've even played Jesus Christ uh, at church. But then after that, I ended up joining a play with um, my friend Latoya Perry of Adiba Productions. And my first role with her was a guy by the name of David Reynolds. Very arrogant, rude, wealthy, didn't believe in his wife's God and all of that. And then I started playing more roles with, uh, with Adiba Productions. And then even after that, I started, uh, I got me a, um, a manager and I ended up in some plays. And then I ended up I just recently did a video for a uh, major, um, what's their names? They're called Black Violin. I'm sure you've heard of that before. There are two gentlemen that are actually from Fort Lauderdale, and they play violins with hip-hop music behind it. So they're very known. So I ended up just recently, that video hasn't been released yet, and now I'm in a movie called Rebirth where I'm playing a very abusive father. And then we're going to have another part two. And other things just keep coming and coming and coming because I believe in myself. And I'll tell you guys, sometimes I forget my lines. Sometimes I, I used to stutter a little bit. But I didn't let my 
flaws stop me from still pursuing what I am doing. Just like Steve Harvey, he stuttered. He didn't care, but I believe in it. So these acting gigs keep coming up. And I also put myself out there on other um, outlets through social media. You guys got to work at it. Faith Without Works is dead. You got to put the work out there. You got to apply. You got to sign up. You got to get your pictures. You got to get your reels together and all of that. So I started taking advantage of how can I get some reels done? So I started going to the improv and getting recorded. So I have those videos. I have videos of online. I have videos of me on stages and different things like that. So you have to put the work in. And I'm grateful because it, it keeps opening up doors for me. And, and you guys, all his links will be in the description box and you can go check out his um, lovely laid out website and even, you know, Google, YouTube, some of, you know, Stephen T. Smith and you'll see it'll pop right up. What, yeah. you know, a lot of folks, it seems they want the instant fame. If they see you, you know, on the screen, they think it just happened overnight. How many years have you put in to your craft to have this all kind of flow where it is now? Oh my gosh. Um, with the fashion aspect and putting, putting shows together, that's been since the early 90s mm. and it's 2020. I'm 51 now, so you do the math. As far Nobody as would have known that, right? Nobody, Nobody would have known that. Don't crack. <laughs> if you don't smoke it. Okay, yes. <laughs> so, as far as like with the fashion, um, 2000, in, I, I've done fashion since the middle 90s, but like in the early middle 2000s is when I started really with photo shoots and stuff like that. Um, 2010, I moved forward when I came back here to do more things and kind of laid back. And then 2013, 14 is when I did Fashion Week West Palm Beach. So I've been going at this since the 90s. So it's not no instant fame, y'all. Instant fame, y'all get your minds off those reality shows because a lot of those people are not judging them, do some things that is like, do you really want that type of fame and that type of attention? Do you really want that? Or do you want it the organic and, and the godly way? Um, it takes time. I'm to the place now that I'm getting noticed now more than ever. To be on this show with you, I thank you, Kellen, and your team. God bless you. I'm honored to get this out of nowhere. It's like, would you like to be interviewed? I was like, sure. Like, let me do this. So I thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, no. Thank thank you. Because, you know, we're coming from... We've lived in various cities. It seems, you know, wherever um, the spirit moves us, but it's really work, school, opportunities, and yeah. this opportunity, this is a prayed for opportunity that we were, we were praying for about five years. Down here, after my wife was done with what she needed to do um, for her training, and so right. an answered prayer, and we're comfortable, and we're not feeling like we need to just run. We, we, we love to travel, you know, as a family. Yeah and have to travel. And with travels, you know, fashion is so, I could find something. I redid my whole wardrobe the last two times I went to Africa. I just get, you know, I get things like this and these shirts yeah. are just, I mean, it's custom made, but it, it doesn't cost a lot. You I mean, $200, total new wardrobe. Wow. You've been able to travel and what, what places have inspired you, um, you know, with clothing? What places have inspired me? Um, I haven't been out of the country yet. 
Um, but places that inspire me is really my neighborhood. Like I grew up in the ghetto. And the reason why I'll start with that first is because the inspiration already started within myself to know that when I look at how uniquely dress, our culture, our style, the way we'll put a look together and it just works is amazing. I've watched people in our in the black neighborhoods wear clothing and they don't even know that I literally go, I'm gonna put that together right yeah. there. And to them it might be just, oh, this is all I have. And I'm like, no, that works for me. But that has inspired me. Um, Atlanta truly inspires me because I was there when it was starting to become Atlanta. When the 96 Olympics hit, the whole thing changed. It just blew up. So I'm inspired by Atlanta. I'm inspired by when I've been to Dallas and Houston. I'm inspired just from the atmosphere. Definitely, definitely L.A. I'm truly inspired by it. Because I see the beauty, for, beauty of the world and the things that are around us. Because if you look at it, God is the best designer in, in the entire universe. And he shows us the beauty of putting colors and patterns that may not make sense to a, a person that don't know about fashion or style. Because my thing is, I would tell people, and I've told somebody this when they were commenting on a designer's clothing, I said, I'm, I'm going to leave this with you. You like clothes but I like style. There's a difference. You don't know what it means to have a style. That's why you're critiquing in such a negative way. You have to have that eye of creativity to see what it is. But I'm inspired by many places. I could go anywhere and get inspiration because I look beyond what the natural eye can see. Okay, okay. I sent you over um, a program that it's a, a partner of ours, and they are working on the relocation, especially for entrepreneurs, to go okay. try out Rwanda. And I sent you the link, and um, you can go you know, listen to the interview where he answers a lot of questions you may have and then contact him directly because yes. he's bringing people to Rwanda. He's showing you if you want to open a business, if you want to learn how to make money there in real estate. And it's a, it's a, it's just an opportunity. But as, for you being an influencer, I'll throw this at you too. If mm. a um, a group that wants to go, let's say to Africa, but it could be Jamaica, it could be anywhere in the world. Okay. Clients who you bring your audience and you go free as well as your team. You know, it just depends where wow. you are, how you want to go. And we did that yeah. last year for Kenya. But talk about things working out. I learned how to do I learned how to do this because of a government grant that actually fell through. And I didn't know that travel agents would actually give you free tickets if you could bring so many people. So no, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's open because you could definitely do a fashion tour wherever in the world you want to go. And mm. it's you know free and and you know there's even a, a, a small money component. But with all your success that you're having what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Okay. Um, a community give back that I would desire to do is to help children that were sexually abused and sexually assaulted. The reason why I desire to do that is because I was one of them when I was young. Three years, I was sexually abused by a in-law. And I have a passion for children like that, and even adults, because a lot of their, them, their lives 
because of that have spiraled out of control. They've gotten into alternative lifestyles, drugs, and different things, and they have not dealt with that issue. So I have a passion for that. You know, I have a degree in counseling. I'm sorry, I have a degree in psychology and I have certification in counseling, but the passion to want to help them to be delivered from those demonic forces and the aches and pains that they still deal with mentally because a lot of them have gone crazy. And a lot of them have gotten to the point that if they see that, that person, they're going to take them out. So that's one of my passions. And um, as far as a community give back, within my, and I'm not, and let me just say this. I'm not, I'm not, how do I put this? I'm pro-black, but I'm pro-people at the same time. The reason why I said that I'm pro-black is because I am a black man that have seen things happen to my fellow brothers and sisters and people in my communities that they, that they suffer from this. And I want to get back in a way to let them know you don't have to become your environment. You don't have to settle. And I desire to give back to my community of young brothers and sisters that desire to be in fashion, especially young black men, because they look at it as gay. Oh, that's for gay people. You must be gay because you want to be in fashion. Oh, you want to be a model. You must be gay. And that's not the case. And I'm so it's sorry to say that a lot of their parents have killed their dreams and family members have downed and talked about them. So I desire to give back in a way where I can create some type of fashion school or something dealing with fashion and inspiration and motivation to let them know, even if it's not fashion, to let them know you can be that. You can be this. So that's one of my things I desire to do and many other things I know we'll talk about later. No, I love it. I love it, especially I, at first I got to go with the child abuse because I spent about a decade of my, my life dealing with kids from group homes to psych yeah. wards. And even you know, growing up, you know, a lot of what happens in the black community is hidden. You know, don't go see a therapist. Yeah, don't go see this. Uh, and, and it's to this day. I have two daughters. They're 10 and six. And mm. I, the ironclad. And even when they had friends in Seattle, we ain't playing mm -hmm. house. We not, you know, we're not gonna get them big boxes and daddy take a shower. No, I ain't do it. Don't don't even think we're playing no house. Not playing doctor. Not playing no. go get it. Uh must I go on? Uh you no, can, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it, it ain't none of that going on because we know it's always the closest people to you. The closest, yes. And we have to teach we have to teach the parents. We have to teach the children. Because a lot of it can be generational, incest. Uh, demonic. It's so many ways. And like you said, we, we're not doing all that. Because yeah. guess what? I don't know what those children do in their house or what their parents or their family do around them. Yeah. That my daughters or my son says, well, Sally, she touched me down there or Michael touched me back there. And it's like, what? But Sally and Michael saw that at home. And then the parents have an excuse. So that is one of my strong desires and passions is to really help those children and you know people that want to go forth in that industry well you you and i we're going to talk right after this folks because there's i'm thinking of some things of community wise that things that we've done in other cities that i'm sure west palm has and i just don't know about it yet 
But is there anything you can leave the people and a way to contact you? What's the best way? Is it Instagram? Is it, you know, another platform? What do you Sure. If you would like to con contact me, you can contact me on my email, which is highfashionpriest at gmail.com. That's highfashionpriest, P-R-I-E-S-T. Some people reverse the E and the I, but it's P-R-I-E-S-T at gmail.com. Um, if you want, you can call me on my phone number. I don't care because you're either going to get some holy Jesus or you're going to get some advice. It's 561-215-4903. You can follow me on Instagram at High Fashion Priest. You can also follow me on my business page at High Fashion Priest. Or my name, Stephen T. Smith. You can't miss me. I have on black glasses, a black hat, a black and white shirt with a big black bow tie. You can't miss me. So that's how you guys can contact me. Or you can go to my website, which is www.thestephentsmith.com. You guys have got the game. I want you guys to like, share, subscribe. I got to take the conversation offline because we are then going to talk about the practical things that, you know, if you want to be a part of that, you hit us, hit either one of us up. But I want to see what we can do because we need to get the youth involved and get the nonsense that something is only you have to be gay. You have to be. I used to have an angel kiss. And, oh, that's gay. Michael Jackson had that. And I used to I used to have to fight from Oakland to the suburbs about my angel kiss. And that's my cow. I got to fight you because of the way I look. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> Y'all be blessed. We taking it offline. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.